reminder of the hope we have that Christ will come again. We are the people of the light in a world that is still so often cloaked in darkness. We are a people of the light. We have hope that the light has come and that the light is coming. Lord, help us remember that we are people of the dawn, a people of hope. In the places that still harbor darkness, help us to shine your light. And in the places that are already illuminated with your light, help us rejoice. Help us cling to hope through it all. Amen. Thank you. Happy New Year. You know, we we live in a in a different time zone than the rest of the world, don't we, in so many ways. And Advent is just um, one example of how we live a little differently than the rest of the world. And so, hey, Happy New Year. We get to start over, you guys. This is a good thing. It's a really good thing. Well, um, we are at our time of giving and generosity and our offering time. And especially during this season, I want to invite you into um, extravagant generosity this year as we do our Christmas offering above and beyond what we normally give. I'm so grateful for a church that is a generous church. Um, we reflect a very generous God. And so we believe wholeheartedly that everything we have comes from God himself. And so this is just a way that we can show our appreciation um, and our desire to be more like him in our tithes and offerings and in our Christmas offering this year. And so I know that um, last week, Garen touched on that a little bit. I know that we will be um, splitting that money into a few different ways, as we always do. And so um, one way will be through the Daytona Beach Collaborative. Um, there will be an opportunity for us to serve with Daytona Beach Collaborative as well. Um, and so we, we'll get there in just a second. Um, but I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to go ahead and, and give while it's on your heart, whether it's through um, your online giving or in one of the, the containers in the back, um, however it is that you choose to give. Um, this is your time. So let's pray, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you some stuff that's going on in the life of our church. Lord Jesus, we are grateful that you, you embody generosity, literally. And so we are grateful for how you came to this place and gave up everything. And pray that you will... Make us into people who do the same, Uh, people who trust you completely and who walk through this earth with open hands um, because we know that you give and as you give, you give us the opportunity to experience that same blessing by giving to others. So thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for how you love us. Amen. So um, you can get online if you want to. 
I'm sorry, I probably messed all of that up. We're, we're giving to three different areas. So one is um, Daytona Beach Collaborative, which is a community um, nonprofit. We're also going to be helping with some of the costs um, with our local church since we've got to gut some things after Hurricane Ian. Um, and then also, what is the, the last thing? Missions. Oh, of course. Yeah, so our, our, we, we always um, support missions around the world, and so what, what a cool thing that we can be a part of life change in different areas, um, whether it's in our community or in, um, in the far reaches of our world. Speaking of, there, there's some things happening this month. Are y'all busy? I hope that, I hope that you've left some room in your schedule. Um, if you have like family plans, just bring them along to this stuff, right? So, <laughs> um, we have the big thing, the big serve and the big supper and, um, the big thing is on the 11th. So that's two weeks from today, I believe, if I have my math correct. And so we got, we got some good stuff happening. We're going to sing some Christmas carols together. We've got some special people who are going to be leading us in that. And so that's going to be festive. Wear something fun. Why not, right? Uh, <laughs> wear, wear an ugly Christmas sweater if you want to. That'd be awesome. Um, or a beautiful Christmas sweater. They're beautiful. Uh, <laughs> we have the Big Serve, and that's when we're going to be helping the Daytona Beach Collaborative. If you want more information, Pastor Garen can tell you a little bit more about that. But this is our chance to actually serve our community. So, y'all, let's show up and um, and be an encouragement to others. We'll be handing out gifts to um, to families so that they have something to give to their kids on Christmas morning, which is really fun. Um, and then the Big Supper... <laughs> my favorite, right? Um, December 18th. So plan to, to make your best stuff so I can eat it. Because I will. Um, and then finally, our Christmas Eve service. Y'all, this has become such a special time for our church community. Um, really, Christmas Eve has, um, it, you know, I think it might be my favorite service of the whole year. Uh, so please bring your family, make it a part of your Christmas Eve activities um, because it will make a difference in your Christmas morning. We're going to have an online service on Christmas morning um, so you can watch in your PJs. But on Christmas Eve, come out and be a part of what um, we're going to have that evening. All right. Will you stand with me? Today is the day that we focus on hope. And don't you love, I um, think, think Pastor Garen mentioned this last week, how cool it is that our calendar, our Christian calendar, begins with hope. Isn't that beautiful? And so this morning, as we extend peace to each other, what I want you to do is I want you to think about something that you're hopeful for. Not a wishful thinking kind of thing, but maybe something that God is just stirring in your heart that you just really hope that he will do a work um, in your life or in your family's life or in our community's life. Um, And as you extend peace to each other, know that someone across from you has something that they are hoping for. And so as you extend peace to them, you can say that you truly 
hope for peace in their lives. So let me be maybe the first to say, may the peace of Christ be with you this morning. Thank you so much. Will you extend that hope and peace to each other this morning? Advent. Let me get this. Is that is that okay? Where I'm at? Hey. Hey. It's so good to see you guys here. I uh, I'm excited for 
This is my favorite time of the year. It really is the most wonderful time of the year, isn't it? I, uh, I confess I'm about nine weeks into listening to Christmas music. Um, yeah. Yes, yes, thank you. I completely forgot in that little amount of time. Um, I've had people asking about Farrell, and just want to let you know that um, last I heard, um, he, he's being pretty much sedated for his comfort. So um, be with, um, be in prayer for, for Farrell and for Patsy and the family. Um, they're staying at their daughter's house because she has more room to accommodate. But um, apart from a miracle, which we believe in, right? We're getting ready to celebrate an immaculate conception. We believe in miracles, don't we? Um, so I encourage you to continue to pray that way, but let's also be loving on Patsy and the family and trusting that God's will will be done. So um, it is the holiday season, and I want to thank a couple people. Doesn't it look nice up here? I want to thank uh, Jim and Elaine helped. If you help, like, if I miss you, Remind me. Okay, Jim and Elaine. We had Yvonne and Lisa. We had Troy and Joy. We had Pastor Jen. Who am I missing? Danny was here. And um, I think Jim got a taste for wiring that he never wants to have again. It's crazy, isn't it? Um, Because you have light wires and you have sound wires and you have... And I I think uh, we, we frustrated him. Yes. Yvonne? Yes, I said Yvonne and Lisa. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, so did I miss anyone? Okay, well, thank you for being here. I'm so excited. So today we start Advent, and I'm going to be honest with you. Um, when you think of Advent, what do we think about? We think about babies and mangers and straw and animals and a scared husband, right? These are the types of things we think about, right? And yet, our passage today is going to be Romans chapter 13. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. I'll have the words on the screen in a moment. We're going to read them. But we're going to be reading from Romans, and it's a really interesting passage to be reading from for Advent. And yet, this is the passage that has been picked out for us. Um, During the Advent season, we follow, it's called the lectionary, and it is... um, a grouping of readings from Scripture that people around the world are reading. So today, thousands of pastors are opening up the Word to Romans 13. And I think that's very interesting. And so we're not necessarily hearing about um, babies and angels and wise men. We're going to hear Paul's words and his exhortation to the church to kind of straighten up and fly right, which is an interesting Thing for Advent. So, what we're going to do is we're going to start with the scripture reading, and then we'll see what we can learn from it. So, Romans 13, verses 11 through 14 says this, This is all the more urgent, for you know how late it is. Time is running out. It's ticking away. Tick, tick, ticking away. Wake up, for our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. 
So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the the shining armor of right living because we belong to the day. And because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity or in moral living or in quarreling and jealousy. I love how Paul, like, he runs the gamut because I don't necessarily, in my humanness, put quarreling, little arguments with sexual promiscuity. Like Paul's saying, put it all away. Get rid of all of it. Instead, Here's the better option. Here's the Christ option. Clothe yourselves with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourselves think about ways to indulge in your evil desires. Not at all what we were expecting for Advent, is it? It's like, what, what, what? So we have that double take. And yet I really think that there's something for us here. So let's, let's see what there is. And I wanted to start off, because we've got to get a little bit of Advent in. What are some traditions that you have at your house or things that you always do, something you always want to hear or see or eat or a place you want to go? We've got about 30 seconds to spend. Come on, talk to me. Music. Listen to Christmas music. I have all the Christmas stations pre-programmed already. Oh, my word. Lord, forgive her. Hallmark movies. You know, the beautiful thing is, if you miss one, it's all right. You've already seen it. It's just in a different setting. So. But, but don't we love them anyway? It's like, yeah, but this one is by the ocean. Oh, this one is by the, in the mountain. They're both about to lose their cottage, and they've got to have a miraculous thing happen. And someone's coming home. Rudolph. You've got to watch Rudolph, right? Yeah, anyone else? The Grinch. The Grinch. Is there anything that you eat? Cookies. Oh, yeah. I Okay, just throwing this out there. You don't have to do this. Um, but growing up, I had a friend. Her name was Linda, and I was friends with her daughter. And she always made, are they called Buckeyes? Uh, yeah. The chocolate-covered peanut butter things, and I don't know how to make them. Um, thank goodness, yeah, because I can't have them right now. But, you know, but if any of you wanted to... Uh, make those and share the love. I would, I would taste them to make sure that they're all right. So, Buckeyes, yeah, isn't that what they're called? Yeah, yeah. They may be called something else, but I always call them Buckeyes. Well, m- one of my traditions is I always try to either read or watch a Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Anybody else do that? Now we've got different kinds. You've got Jim Carrey's voice for the Disney animated thing. Um, my favorite, you, you can't beat the original. I think this was the original. But, I mean, it's good, isn't it? Uh, I mean, it has been remade so many times. George C. Scott does a great job as well. Now here, um, I don't know what this is, but I found it. And I just, has anyone seen this? Would anybody watch this over one of the other? That's what I thought. Okay. Now, here's something interesting. There was a British study, and they said that the greatest adaptation of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol was... What? It was the Muppets. 
And, and I got to tell you, it is a great adaptation. Um, so, um, do uh, yeah, you're going to have to watch it. It is great. Now, Friday night, my family and I watched kind of a new um, adaptation of the Dickens novel, and it was called Spirited. And I got to be honest with you, it had a, a little bit of cussing and some things that I, I don't know that I could recommend it in the church. Um, we didn't know that going into it. We just love Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds, and, and we watched it. And it had some amazing moments. It, so, so, here, so here's what I loved about it. This is a spin on the Dickens Carol. Okay, so here's what we have. You got Marley. Remember Marley, the, the one who haunts Scrooge? So he's kind of in charge, and he's heading up the team of Christmas past, Christmas present, Christmas future, and a myriad of other people because it takes a lot of um, people to haunt one person to get them to change it. So he's got hundreds of people he's working with, but primarily he's working with those people, and every year they pick one person just like they picked Scrooge. They pick one person because they believe that this person is so pivotal that the ripple effect of a change in this person's life could be monumental. And so if we can just change this one person, if this one person catches on, it would change and impact hundreds of lives. And so Will Ferrell plays Christmas Present. And he is in charge of dealing with Clint, the character, Ryan Reynolds. And it has, um, it has uh, well, it's made by the people who did Greatest Showman. And so it's, it's singing and dancing and tapping and this kind of stuff. But here's what I loved about it. So Ryan Reynolds, the reason Christmas Present picked him was because Clint was labeled in his file as unredeemable. Like this guy is beyond hope. This guy is past the edge. And Christmas Present said, no, I don't believe that anyone is beyond hope. I don't believe that anyone is unredeemable redeemable and there's this poignant song it's just absolutely beautiful i want to read a couple of these lyrics to you it's a song called unredeemable and this is what's sung spent every waking minute taking all that i could take never stopped to reckon with the ruin in my wake with all the bridges that i burned and all the wounds that i didn't mend and all the worth i thought i earned it turned worthless in the end. What was it for? Is it possible I'm meant for something more? Or am I forever unredeemable? Can I be the man who breaks from a lifetime of mistakes? Can my worst be left behind? And do I deserve to find the kind of love that I could lean on every day? Or will I learn I have to stay unredeemable? When I heard that song Friday night, i got to be honest with you, my sermon was going a different direction. And then I heard that and I was like, oh my goodness. This is at the heart of Advent week one. This is what the first week is all about. It's like there's this hope. Do we believe in this hope? Do we trust that this hope is enough to make us unredeemable? 
now, Jules and Doug read the Advent reading, and I don't know if you caught it. You probably did because it was very repetitious. We are people of the dawn. See, we live in this space, in this liminal spot where darkness and light are colliding and the dawn is breaking in. We live in this dark world without Christ, and yet we understand that the light of Christ has already broken into humanity, and the light is still breaking in. It's like, it's like when you see, when you get up early enough, and it's dark. It's always darkest right when? Before the dawn. And you start to see that sliver of color on the horizon. And it grows slowly. And you don't even necessarily notice the change. But all of a sudden, black turns gray. And then like this bluish. And before you know it, the dawn is breaking. And the light is overpowering the darkness. That's where we live today. Thanks be to God, that's where we live today. We, we often talk about the kingdom of heaven breaking into our present reality, even if it's not fully here yet. We know that Christ will come again, but that doesn't mean that Christ is not breaking into our world today because we know that Christ is breaking into our hearts today, right? So we have this dawning, this, this light coming in, this advent that's happening and it doesn't happen all at once. It's a process. It's not a light switch. It's not like the cartoons where it's dark, 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 and boom, the sun's up. No, it's this progression, this slow process of the light breaking in. But make no mistake, it happens. And the dawn breaks in to our lives in the present. Present is so important for people of light. And by people of light, I mean the people who follow Jesus Christ, the light of the world. We are called to be people of light. And we can't change our past, right? We don't know what the future holds. We only have this moment, this precious fleeting moment to walk in the light. And that's something that Paul is trying to tell the church of Rome. So, real quick synopsis. You have um, the emperor that expelled the Jewish people from Rome. And so the Gentiles took over the church following Christ. And then when the emperor died, the Jewish people were allowed to come back. And they were working together. How do we fit together, Jew and Gentile, to follow Christ? And Paul is saying, well, here's how you do it. You start living like people of the light. You stop fighting with each other. You start living like people of darkness. I mean, you stop living like people of darkness. You start living like people of light. That's how you work together. That's how you live in community. That's how you live this body of Christ that you're called to be. Live like people of the light. Because that's who you are. And if you don't live like people of the light, then maybe you're not quite walking in the light.
Walking in the light doesn't mean that there's not suffering. I want to make that clear. We are watching in real time a pillar of the faith be reconnected with his true love, his Lord and Savior. And here's the thing that I found interesting and inspiring. I have watched Patsy live like a person of the light. It doesn't mean that she's not suffering, but it means that she understands Pharaoh lived his life walking in the light. And separation now, although painful for her, is a glorious moment for him. So it doesn't mean that we don't have suffering. It doesn't mean that we don't have pain. It means that we respond differently to those situations. We don't respond like people of darkness. Because we're people of light. We're people who believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We're people who believe in the resurrected Christ who is alive and sitting at the right hand of God. We believe that we are people who have the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul talks in a different section of Romans that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you and me. We're people who believe that the light is already coming. It's still dawning. We aren't at this final second coming where Christ returns and makes all things new and brings a new heaven and earth together. But we are still people of light. It doesn't mean that it hasn't started to break in. Are you with me? Understanding this should do two things. One, it should help us reorient our lives to people of the light. And two, it should give us an abundance of hope that in, in, in Corinthians it says, the spiritual person that's inside that bothers and baffles the man of the world who can't understand it. How could he? He's no, never been one to know the mind of God or to move the hands of God through prayer. But strange as it seems, we have this very power within us. That is living as people of light and people of hope. Because we understand that this is not the end. We understand that this present moment, Christ is breaking in, and yet there is still another moment to come when Christ will return and make all things new. So, what that means for us, let's just boil this down. It means that we are to live and follow Christ as if Christ has already returned. It means we don't live our life and hope that we make everything right before we die so that we have some future glory. No. Christ in us, the hope of glory. That's not a future thing. That's a crisis in us. That's a present thing. We have this hope. And so we are called to live as if Christ has already returned. Let me give you an example. So, when Jen and I got married, we didn't stand before the pastor, exchange rings, and say, I do, and from that moment on, we were committed. No, honestly, we lived and were committed 
as if we were married even though we were engaged. Even before we were living, we said we're not going to date anyone else. You're not going to kiss anyone else. I'm not going to date anyone else. We're going to live as if we are in this forever together. So we were living... Now, we weren't doing certain things, but we were, living, it's a, we were living as if we had already made that forever commitment. Before that final commitment, before the pastor came. In the same way, we believe that Christ will come again. Advent means the coming. We celebrate Christ's coming to earth. We celebrate Christ's second coming, but we also celebrate Christ's present coming. That's why I love Dickens so much. Past, present, future. It's all so important and relevant to Advent. We live as if Christ is breaking in even now and we live as if Christ has returned because Christ is in our hearts, right? So Paul says, be careful. Don't lose what you've got. Don't forget that this is dangerous times. Don't get so comfortable that you forget that Christ has redeemed you. Don't get so flippant. He says, wake up. Now, in the New Testament, a lot of times that wake up isn't necessarily for people who don't know Christ. It's for people who have fallen in love with Christ and have somehow fallen asleep. And Paul says, wake up. Stop hitting the snooze button. Wake up. Stop doing the things that represent the darkness because that's not who you are. You are married. You are the bride of Christ now. Live like you're married to the, to the groom. Live as if Christ has already come back. Stop falling asleep. Live as if you are people of the resurrection. Because we are people of the resurrection, we are people of light. Now, Paul lists, what did he list? Wild parties, drunkenness, sexual promiscuity, immortal living, quarreling, jealousy. And and honestly, a lot of those are speaking to a specific group because um, a lot of the people in that society were following the Greek goddess um, Dionysus. She's the goddess of wine, of drunken revelry. That's what society was doing. And it was very easy for people of the light to start going, well, okay, that's not that big a deal. Well, okay, I mean, I, I wouldn't get that drunk, but it's okay to celebrate with my friend. Oh, well, and little by little, they had started falling asleep. Paul saying... Wake up. Live as people of the light. Now, this is an interesting thing about light. You can't have light and darkness together. Because darkness is the absence of light. It's not less light. It's the absence of light. So, if you have the light in you, there should not be darkness in you. Right? That does not mean we are not progressing. That does not mean we are not being... I think Jason used the word a couple of weeks ago, sanctified, which means being made holy, being set apart for a holy purpose. But it does mean that we are constantly before God saying, I want more of the light. I want more. 
I want more of you breaking in my life. I want more of your Son shining on me so that I can be more like you because I want to live in the present as if you have already fully come. I want to live my life so close to your kingdom and your will and your desires that I look like you because that's what I'm called to be. Remember, Genesis 1, we're image bearers. Remember Matthew 5, you are light. Not you should be light. You are the light of the world. So Paul echoes what Jesus would say, be light. Wake up. Be light. Let's bring it all together. Because we believe that we are people of hope. I've said this a hundred times. I could probably start it and you could finish it. We are the people of hope. We are not the people of despair. This Advent season has a lot of despair, doesn't it? We know a lot of people that this is a very lonely time. A couple years ago, we had a blue Christmas service. I don't know if you were here for that. But it was remembering people that we have loved and lost. Like, this is a difficult time for a lot of people. doesn't mean we don't have suffering, but we are people of hope. We are people of hope because we believe that God is true to God's Word. We are people of hope because Christ is the validation that none of us are unredeemable. Thanks be to God. That means no matter what you're going through, No matter what you've done, we can't change the past. And as much as we think we can control the future, you know, best made, best laid plans, you know, you think you, you think you can control your future. The only moment you actually have control of is what you will do with this one. The present. Can I encourage you today to live this present moment in hope? I'm not asking you to set aside troubles you're going through. I'm asking you to live as people of hope and people of light, which means you will respond differently to your situations. It doesn't mean that you are taken out of your situation. What would it look like if Port Orange could see a group of people that started acting like we really believed we were people of light? You notice light. I notice extreme darkness and I notice extreme light. That's just the way I am. I feel like I notice it in people too. You know, you, you just get that feeling like, oh man, that person loves Jesus. I can just tell. We're not even going to talk about darkness. Let's just talk about, wouldn't it be nice if people that came up to you, had a five-minute conversation, you know, I don't know, in Publix, and they walk their cart away and they go around the corner and they go, there was something different about that dude. That lady had something 
I don't know what it was, but it was something. What if your light could be what God wants to use to start the process? What if we believe that God's provenient grace, God's Holy Spirit, is working on people's lives? That's nothing that we can do. That's a gift that we give. We can only respond to God's grace. What if we lived our lives saying, God, today, I want to be the catalyst you use. I don't want anyone else. I, I, I want to be the one, God. Don't let me miss an opportunity to be light. Don't let me miss an opportunity to shine your light on someone who's living in darkness because we, we remember what it was like to live in darkness, don't we? The world needs your light. The world needs to understand that they too are redeemable. There are a lot of people, I meet them all the time, and they live their lives as if God could never forgive them for what they've done or love them for who they are. And I sit there and think, God, is that because we have not been light? Because your light reveals truth. And if we were being the light that we're called to be, and we were being the hope of the world that we were called to be, they would see that their life is redeemable. That, you, that God can put them back together. I got off script. I don't even know where I'm going. So let's just stop. Will you pray with me? Bow your heads, close your eyes. I just want to, I want to lead you in a couple of things. Right now, I want you to self-inventory. Just assess. Are you living your life in the light? And here's the gut check. We just talked about how light and darkness can't coexist. Which means there may be some of us that need to pray and say, God, shine your light on this part of my life. I give it up to you today. I surrender. I don't want that darkness in my life. I've held on to that anger for too long. It's darkness. I've been jealous for too long. It's darkness. I've been doing things and living my life in a way that satisfies me, but it doesn't bring glory to you. And I want to surrender to you, to your hope, to your light. God, bathe me in your light. There may be others of you that say, God, I feel like I'm in the light, but it's like I'm on a dimmer switch. And I want you to turn that dimmer up. I want more and more and more of you. It's not that I'm holding anything back. It's that I'm maybe missing opportunities. I'm just not seeing them. God, shine your light in my life so that I see light all around me, so that I notice people in darkness. God, 
Use me. If you can use anything, you can use me. Maybe there are some of you today that when you hear that word unredeemable, that hits really close to home. It's not that you're struggling with light. It's not that you want more light. It's that you just feel unredeemable. Can I just say to you, that's the darkness talking. We are people of hope. We are not people of despair. So Father, God, I pray to you today, do the good work in us. Holy Spirit, till and cultivate the soil of our hearts so that you grow in us. Jesus, light of the world, will you not only shine your light in us, would you shine your light through us? Will you help us to take your words that we are light? And will you help us to Live them? God, will you help us to get beyond that's just a great notion. Wouldn't that be great if maybe someday I can be that way? But you've called us to be light. That means now. That means scars and all. You take us where we are and you say be light. Which honestly, God, sometimes your light reveals some scars in us that we don't want exposed, but honestly, there are hurting people with similar scars and they need to see that you can heal our scars for them to know that they can be healed as well. Will you make us vulnerable? We love you, God. We thank you that we are people of hope because it is your hope. So we stand on your promises and we thank you that the hope that you give does not fail, and it is an anchor for our soul. We pray this in your name, Jesus, light of the world. Amen. Well, as we have our time of coming to the table, I know that we... Well, most of us, probably all of us, spent time around the table this week, right? How many of you feasted well? How many of you feasted well more than once? It is just, it's that time of year, and we look forward to that. I, uh, my mom flew in Thursday, so Thursday night we ate a lot. And guess what? I was hungry again on Friday. I couldn't believe it. Um, it just seems to go that way. You eat, you gorge yourself. We feast now probably better than kings used to just 100 or 200 years ago and before that. We eat well. We have plenty. And we're still hungry. Um, in the book of John, John 6:35, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Uh, there was a time in life in my family, we, we had pretty much everything there was to have, right? We had it good. And guess what? 
I was still hungry for more. And no matter what was accumulated, I was still hungry. I was still thirsty for more. And then Jesus finally was able to get a hold of me. And from that point on, as I've started to believe in him, to drink him up, the hunger for those things has just started to subside. Uh, We've lost a a couple of loved ones in both my family and my wife's family this last, last few weeks. And it should be a time of mourning. But there's more than just feasting here on earth. There's more than just good times here on earth. Because God sent His Son. And that whoever would put their faith in Him, guess what? They will have eternal life. The ones that we loved and lost, they both believed in Jesus. Put everything they had in Him. And so I'm not worried about what's going on with them. They are feasting at the ultimate table right now, never hungering, never thirsting again. And in this time of Thanksgiving and in this season of Advent and hope, isn't it crazy when we just talk to so many people outside these doors, maybe even some of you in here, there is an absence of hope. There is an absence of something good that looks eternal. So as we come and we we take this bread, as we take the, the wine, or the, the unfermented wine in the Nazarene church. There is eternal life as we believe in Jesus. There is no hungering, no more thirsting. And that's what the world needs. And if you're looking to be fed, the greatest thing I have found is when I have listened to Jesus and been obedient and taken that message of good food, of good drink to those who need it. So please come as we uh, as we share this meal together. It's probably not much compared to the the stuffing and turkey and ham or who knows what you all had. Um, but it will leave you never hungering spiritually, never hungering, thirsty, thirsting physically again. So let's come forward and let's take this together.
We praise you, Father, for your love, your ever-enduring love, that we can eat together, drink together, and that we can have hope together to know that life in you is eternal and uh, it just gets better from here on out. We praise you in all things, Father. Amen. Stand with me. Uh, one, one quick announcement. Thank you uh, to Jim and Debbie. We want to, for each family to leave today with an ornament that says hope. Da-da-da, you can hang it on your tree. And guess what? Next week we'll have another one that says peace. And so every week this Advent season, we want you to leave with something you can hang on your tree and remember all week the lesson that is being taught. Also encourage you, we have Advent books backed by Jim. Um, this week's lesson is all about hope and the dawn breaking into our lives, and you don't want to miss it, so grab a book. Will you sing with me our benediction? You ready? Here we go. We sing, hallelujah, let your kingdom come in our hearts, in our homes. Let your will be done as we go in your name. We shout and we proclaim, let your will be done. May the God of all hope keep you this week. We'll see you next Sunday.